people. Let's face it. We all have a loneliness of heart, and, and only God can fill that. I'm going to tell you this, sisters in Christ and brothers. You need the people who have God in their heart to fill it, too. You like, no man is an island, and you could try being a hermit. But God's best is to be around people who rub off the rough edges on you to say, you know, are you having a bad day? Let me pray for you. Are you? Are you okay? Because I'd like to help you. Maybe they had a new baby or maybe you just serve each other with gladness. You first have to know what their needs are. And the masks come off when you're when you're on retreat with four girls. Listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Hello, Altered Story Show listeners. This is your Chief Storyteller host, Michelle Saunders-Gutch, and welcome to episode 91, Alan's Four for the Mountain Top God Story, Part 2. Thank you, friends, for listening to my show that shares Christian women's God stories around the world and is part of the Spark Media Network and can be heard on the Edify app, one of the world's most powerful Christian apps. And friends, I hope you have been well. And I am super excited to bring to the mic a former guest, Ellen Mongan. And Ellen shared her her anorexia God story with us on episode 72. And we released that this past January. Do you remember her story of how God showed up in her life when she was struggling with her self-image and health as a young woman? Well, friends, you're going to want to listen to this God story part two, so you can get caught up on her testimony and hear what God has been doing in her life now. And as a reminder, she is the host of three podcasts, Wow Mom, Deacon and Dear. I think that's a new one that she does with her husband and Take Five. She's also a very gifted writer, speaker, published author of three books, So you're going to hear a little bit more about that later on. And she's been married for 48 years to Deacon Patrick Mongan, MD. And they have seven children, four sons-in-law, two daughters-in-law, and a baby in heaven. And so she has lived a very, very fulfilled life, friends. And she's got so much wisdom that she's going to impart to us. Um, through what she's going to share tonight. In addition, Ellen just loves the Lord. She loves Jesus and she serves him well. And she also is, man, just really an incredible wife and mom. 
and uh, she just loves her family so much. So, you know, she's just got such a heart and, uh, and she's a great sister in Christ that I've got to know. So let's catch up with her and see what God has been doing in her life. Welcome back to the show, Ellen. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Michelle. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for taking the time to come back on the show, Ellen, and it's night there and it's a little later. And so I hope that, you know, you enjoy your experience and your time with the listeners uh, we have all over the world listening. And I just would, would love to hear a little bit more about before we get into your God story. But, you know, tell us a little bit about kind of what you've been doing. Okay. Well, thank you for asking me, first of all. And I enjoy meeting you the times you've been on my show and the times I've been here. And and it's a great opportunity to share about how good is the Lord. You know, God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's just the way of the Lord. Sometimes, one, one sister one time gave me this word, I think it's very important. Sometimes you have to walk through a lot of dog do to get to the other side. So God allows suffering. He doesn't want it for us. He allows it so that we can change and grow. You know, so I feel like this, there's been a lot of um, times in my walk that I, I think, why did God allow that? And you see later on how he uses it for his glory. You know, we can't, apart from him, we can do nothing. Nothing's impossible when you walk with him. He's a God that brings you from victory to victory. But you have to spend time with him and get to know him. You know, when I was at, and had anorexia, I wasn't a, um, my first God, it was in high school. I wasn't a strong believer. I was just a, I was just a person just going to church and coming home. And then there's a time in everyone's life, right, Michelle, where you just begin to give your heart to him. You have to first know him before you love him. And then once you love him, you know, you can trust him. And then after you love, know him, love him and trust you, he calls you to serve him. But he just can't call you to serve him if you're still, you know, we have to walk not by sight by the spirit and we have to also get rid of some things in our walk in our heart in our life that really don't fit with discipleship so he took the he took his disciples through a ton of teaching remember and he took this stuff through a ton of um he just spent time with them and we spend time with him then he changes us and we become more like him you know but he's his job on earth was to die for our sins but also to make us more like him it doesn't just happen by saying I think I'll be patient, or I think I'll be kind. I think I'll be. It doesn't. You have to choose over your flesh. It's a very important thing. Many people think that they just pray and then they, all of a sudden, they're just like perfect. Well, we're never perfect. You know, we never get to the point where we say, you know, wow, I arrived. We never arrive. We have to every day seek His presence, His His word, and put it into action. And even that, we can't do on our own. So I did change a lot since anorexia to being more committed. And converted to him, and then I, then Pat and I have been called the ministry. Like maybe I think about well, seventy nine is when I began writing and became more in the ministry. But after we went through a Christian community for a really long time, our our life changed, and then God called Pat to be a deacon, and then we both were more active in the church and doing things for the Lord. And I, I usually have my ministries to to women because many women have the things I've walked through. So. I minister to women, and I'm thankful because when you're in the midst of a suffering, you don't ever think that you can't see the forest, the trees. You can't like see the nose button on your face. You just feel so like alone and lost. And then you you come up and go, "Wow, Lord, look what you've done! 
There's an old song with Sean. Look what you've done with my life, Lord. As I sing it to him, it's not the right words. It's a different popular song. But if I just look at him, I go, thank you, Lord. I'm amazed at what he's done. And I, I never will not be amazed. When you go through postpartum depression, it steals a part of your soul. And you feel like, man, driving out of this pit, you climb one foot in front of the other each day. You go, wow. But then you sometimes slide down and we sin and we run back to him. We repent and we turn to Jesus with all of our, our concerns, our sins, our trials. If we just try it on our own, you know how it happens. You just go, woo, you try it on your own, you fail. They were brought, I mean, I brought on a slide. I mean, go on a slide. I wasn't that great kid as a little two year old going on a slide, but as I got older, you step up the steps. It's a really hard climb if you're two. And then you slide down. Woo, that's a really fast. <laughs> that's how it is. We climb up and we don't force ourselves. We go with the grace and then we slide down. We have to run back to him. So that I, I like when you ask questions, Michelle, but you do what you want to do. I don't know how this show is supposed to go. It's my second time and I've enjoyed it every time. <laughs> no, I think that's great. You just want to be yourself and do what you, you know, you share what you want to share, what God has put on your heart and the Holy Spirit is, is you know, impressing on you to share because, you know, our God's stories are our own, right? And they're very, very special and they're very personal and they're a way to evangelize Jesus Christ. And so, you know, I personally just love it when my guests just feel like they can share and open their hearts and all those things. And one of the things though, you know, Ellen, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Like you have three of them and what the purpose is. I mean, you know, I don't want to steer away from your God story. We're going to get there, but tell us just a little bit about kind of your podcast and stuff. I began during the COVID, you know, we were in Florida and God said, he always calls me to do things I'm not qualified to do. He called me to write Bible studies and I Never, you know, I've never done it before. And he called me to do podcasts and I go, okay, Lord. And I, he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to sit in prayer in the morning. I do the weekend prayer early or sometimes by eight. And he said, then I'll speak towards you. And I want you to get on the show and just share from your heart. And I always say, I always say the scripture I love. If the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. I learned it when I was a very young Christian in the 70s, you know, because we don't know sometimes what he wants us to say. We open our mouth and he promises he fills it. So I, every morning I do like a little podcast if I'm available. Sometimes life gets so busy. You don't have the time to do five minutes. Not a prayer. I just a prayer, but a podcast. I try to share a little nugget with the, the people that are listening, women or men, just like the little guy that was um, the sower from the sea. He was one of my favorites. He encouraged the body of Christ with just one little scripture, one little story. Or one little word, and I try to do that. So that's the, the one. It's called Take Five, and I put it under while moms would be found. And so it's like take five minutes of time, and if they have a minute, and then put it into practice. And then the other one I do is Deacon and Deer because my husband is um, is very theologian type, you know, and I'm more like a you know experiential. I have a lot of uh, the word comes out to me, and then I live it out. And to me, it's more that for me. So I. We get on together and we're like, we're like not comical, but we can be funny. And we're so different in personality and gifts that it, it's done well for us. So we do that. And I do Wow Mom, which is having usually having a guest on, sometimes um, having my co-host, Jane Ann, be on with you. She has retired for a while, so she may come back. You never know. And I just enjoy just sharing with different people, learning their story. But it's not a certain story. It's like 
usually about their book, or we pick a subject and I talk on, I know one of the ones I talked on is order in life for the everyday wife, because we wear so many hats as a woman and we have to, we have to make sure that none of the hats fall to the ground if we're called on to put it on that day. So we have that as well. And that's life. You know, I just, life is very full. When you're young, you think your life is busy. You go, whoa, this is so busy. <laughs> the older you say, it adds, it multiplies, then there's so much to do. And you have to really have that discernment to say, what things should I do, Lord? I'm always saying to people, if that's really what the Lord's having, because I bring it to prayer. So when I bring it to prayer, we don't, we could be doing something like it's really fun in our gifts and having a grand old time. And it's not, possible at all so so i do those things on the air and then i write and i speak and i also have a large family so i have 15 grandchildren and eight children one in heaven and then it's just life and my husband of course my, my mom's living with us right now she's 96 and she's living a short time with us and that makes a full life because mom can do everything probably better than anyone she's still spry and her, she has a wit about her <laughs> But we still have to, you know, it's like not fitting her in. It's like making sure everything is taken care of in good time. So I'm not a night person, Michelle. So I'm sorry if I ramble on. I really, like, I'd be up at four to pray. So at eight o'clock for me. Oh, <laughs> yes, I, I know. That's, it's, it's a later it's a later time. So uh, yeah, it can be a little harder to, you know, recollect everything, right? You know, but I mean, I think you're, Doing a great job. So, I love it so because God, you know, that song that God provided, let it go on that. I didn't watch the cartoon, but let it go. Let it, go. it has helped you in so many areas. You know, if you're, he puts the strength in you. So it's been, it's been a very full day and I've enjoyed every minute of everyone Been a very full day as always. So that's how I live my life in the spirit of God. And without that, which no one could, no one could do it. So ladies, I don't know if you're out there thinking, you know, gee, my life is full. You have to ask the Lord, what is it that he wants you to knock off? And I don't usually do that. I usually try to hear him before I ask him anything. He knocks off the favorite thing. Like say, um, say you're going to a Bible study, you really love it. Or say you're ministering to women. A certain, he'll take off the one you like. So just ask him all along the way. You know, what can I knock off my day? And then you won't have someone knock off a luncheon with a favorite friend. They'll turn sick or you have to just live in his spirit. So Love it. Okay. Well, thank you for catching us up on those things and those happenings, Ellen. And so let's now get to your God story part two. So can you share your four for the mountaintop God story part two and where that began? I was blessed to be in a Christian community called Ali Community. And for some reason, this one friend moved in that we just became very close. And Shay and I were in the same neighborhood. She was a new girl. I had been in community. I was also full covenant already. And then on the other end, our community was CSRA, you know, all over Augusta and, and South Carolina. So Aiken, South Carolina was the other two friends we knew. And one gal, Debbie Cosper, I had a connection because she actually had lived in Gainesville where I had come from and I had we had knew the same type of people even though we didn't know each other. And then she was best friends with Pat and Pat and Ann and Debbie and I decided that you know everyone's your friend and will serve you to death, but who is your close, I don't know, like sister in Christ. So we, you know, we were really not we're in a Christian community and we're still lonely. We're going, we really need friends that we can just connect with and relate to. You know, COVID has made a lot of people lonely. <laughs> so this this is a very important time to try to think about 
am I lonely? Because you're going to be lonely inside and not even know it. You think, well, I'm doing great. And so we are kind of lonely for like sisterhood, even though we're in a Christian community. So we start having lunch together. And um, we, we meet at someone's house and even bring the babies because I know this taste 30 years ago, we're raising children. This is a 30-year journey to the heart of fraud. And so we, we had lunch. And then after a while, we started getting really close. We'd share prayer intentions. We'd pray over each other. We'd, we'd share our life with each other. We got together and saw each other at different places in the community. And then we said, let's go on retreat together. So for 30 years, this is my testimony, we've been going on retreat together for 30 years sometimes once a year and sometimes twice a year. That's a big effort, especially for four women to get along for 30 years. Is really, that's the big, that's the main thing. But to have that sisterhood where you have someone you can trust, because some say they're kind of leery of trusting just everybody. But we, we trusted because we knew them from the time we've been in community. We were all, you know, trying our best to serve the Lord. And so one day, uh, we've done it forever, going on a retreat. We have a certain way we do the retreat. First, we do this, that, the other thing. And then, we go at one of the retreats. I started going like this, guys. I think we should write a book. I, I think because I'm the writer, and think about let's write four for the mountaintop. Well, they weren't on board as much as me. They wanted. They were really. They weren't the writers. So they, they contributed chapters to the book, and it was great. But however, I just wrote the whole book because I go, this is what the Lord's put on my heart, and it reminded me of the disciples, Peter, James, and John going away to. Um, to visit Jesus, he invited four pe- three people, I guess, Peter, James, and John, Jesus, and we call it the Transfiguration, where he they had been, Jesus was transfigured, and he was he was changed, but you know, who else was changed? Those three disciples that went with him, they were like, they were not the same, and so we look back at our, our journey, I mean, we started out really young in our, I think our 20s or 30s, and now we're all in our 60s, or something was in their 70s. And so we say we have transformed in the Lord because we, we have let our hair down. We've taken off the mask, not the mask of um of COVID, the mask of like you know, you have a mask, everyone wears some mask. Like they will you know, like you put on a mask to make everything you're a certain way. And then you're not. So you're like, okay, we're all sinners. Everyone knows. So we we do share each other's burdens. And that was the journey. So when I did when I wrote the book, I first was very small because if I'm doing most of the book and I'm thinking we're all going to contribute, it was very small. My son said, you should put a Bible study at the end and make it like this. Um, first your journey and then the journey with girlfriends and then how they can have a journey of their own. People need people. Let's face it. We all have a loneliness of heart and, and only God can fill that. I'm going to tell you this, sisters in Christ and brothers. You need the people who have God in their heart to fill it too. You need like no man is an island and you could try. I mean, a hermit, but God's best is to be around people who rub off the rough edges on you to say, you know, are you having a bad day? Let me pray for you. Are are you okay? Because I'd like to help you. Maybe they have a new baby or maybe you just serve each other with gladness. You first have to know what their needs are. And the masks come off when you're when you're on retreat with four girls, 30 years, you begin to say, you know, really, I was like, I'm the brat. I don't like the bad restaurants. I want to have the white table or something like that. Someone else will say, well, I'm the blah, blah, blah. And you know the other guy. Like we had a thing. I know you'll like this. We had a thing where um, we couldn't say who was the slowest to get ready, right? Because they're like, well, you go first to the shower, get ready for, we went to, we went to church uh, during the retreat. Because it would be like pointing fingers like that girl, she's slow. <laughs> so we just say, okay. Why don't you go in the shower first? We're going to be very creative with each other and not point out the weaknesses, but accentuate the positives because every person you meet is the treasure. 
and everyone has some positive things you can learn and some negative things that you don't want to pick up on and you want to help them walk closer to Jesus. I mean, it's a, it's a really, it's a, it's a really um, beautiful thing. This is my message from to go from just friends to sisters and friends and to know that these people hold a confidence in their heart. They're not going to, like we go, nothing leaves this room. You know, nothing's going to leak out. And you can share your heart and say, I'm having a hard time with this. And they're not going to broadcast it. Hello, Ellen's having a hard time with this. You see what I'm saying? It's a trusted relationship. It's um, people who love their husbands and their children. And I, 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 I found for me, we have a lot of children. I had, I had eight, seven small children. We started getting away for that weekend away was such a refreshment to my soul. And it made me feel feel so much closer to God. Now, that can't replace your relationship with your husband because you got to make sure he's your main confidant. He's the man you go to. I go to him first. But you start saying, and then if I have a need, you know, men are funny. They know they're not women, right? And my husband always said, why don't you call a friend? Because <laughs> they don't get it. You get upset because like your hair may just look right or it's eight o'clock and I'm falling asleep and you go to him first. And then, then you go like this, you know, I need to talk to her. And then, you know, you pick the people that in your life, you know, you can trust. And I would say, sad to say, body of Christ, there's many people you cannot trust with your deepest needs or sins or say, wow, I'm having a hard time with this. And they're not going to broadcast it. And by the time it gets to four friends, it's not even the same story. So I caution you, body of Christ, to be careful, but to always try to find some trusted people, a mentor that you could go to for like older women, and then friends you could just, you know, at the same level of life, raising children, you could you could trust and then start maybe if you feel called to, to go on retreats, because it takes you from loneliness to having some sister, you know, we could call it even in the middle of the night, they can call me in the middle of the night. I'm up a lot. <laughs> I don't know. That's what our my journey was. I found it to be so important in my life that Pat and I went to Florida two times to move away and do ministry out in Florida. And the the bump person kept saying to me, "You're homesick." And I kept saying, "I'm not homesick. I was homesick. I miss my family and my friends. I miss my sisters." And there's nothing like that. You just have to have your network of caring people. <laughs> you can't you can't be friends with everybody. You could say, hey, how you doing? But you got to have those people that you could trust with your heart. And I'm not talking in a, in a way that, you know, is abnormal. I'm saying there, there's sometimes, you know, the one sister you can call to hear is the Lord. I'm saying, what do you think about this? Is this you know, if the one sister you can call that's going to say, gee, I need to get to the hospital. I need a friend to go with me here. And that's, you know, the stable one that's going to be strong in an emergency. If you have the sister in Christ that you could call and say, I just feel like a garage snake and I let my hair down with you. And then they, you don't, and then they go, okay, we're good now. Let's just pray. You know, you have to have that. What if we all had to be perfect all the time or be look perfect all the time or, or be quiet when you have something to say and you feel like God's in your heart. Being with people that let you be yourself and be real is so important. Maybe we should go back to this, Michelle. I had, I really didn't have, when I was having the anorexia, I was, I really thought I really, I want to be thin so bad and then i learned that that's not the most important thing in life it's a vanity thing so i had to going back to that with insecurity of my look i have grown so much in the air of like being able to just be myself but myself is still a person that wants to look certainly <laughs> so that person that's not that bad you're dying maybe pray for me like you still have to wake up every morning and have a purpose in life and my purpose and the calling of my life is to talk to women about be yourself, 
and, and learn to get close to God because he changes you in as you spend time with him. He doesn't change you as he doesn't change you in one minute and then you're presto change oh perfect. No, that's that's not even possible. He takes you on a journey. That's why I like this journey because we did the first month together or the second month we went on retreat or the, we went once a year. So the first time we got together probably wasn't anything like when we get together now. We're deep in Christ because we've been in the word and we walk with him. And then we're deep in relationships and we we keep that like a like kind of like we don't want to hurt each other because we want to get get stronger towards him. So I'm saying to me it's not for everyone maybe because some women really uh, I wasn't a woman that really trusted women. I was just not I was a woman that was better with men, trusting men. And I didn't even get women. But when you're married, you have to have some women because you have to have support and that's what we have doing it. Wow. There's a lot there, Ellen. Oh my gosh. There's so much in what you shared and I really appreciate, you know, how you shared it. I know that when I have been with other women at a retreat or at a conference, it blesses me immensely being with another sister in Christ. And, and I've had really good friends that I've been able to hang and do that with. Um, Unfortunately, the retreat ministry that I was part of and was on the board, and it's still going on, but it migrated from Denver to uh, Montana, where my friend, who's the founder and her husband moved, he's a pastor and they're pastoring a, a church that I went to in high school. But anyway, long story short, I was part of this retreat ministry and we would we were a working board and we would host these Christ-centered themes and, you know, women would just come in droves. And it was such a blessing to be able to be part of that kind of ministry and outreach. And then the women that I served on the board with, we all got to be really good friends and I'm still really good friends with them now. And then I've been on my podcast and, you know, it's just, we're all doing ministry and we're doing ministry all over. So we don't get to see each other, but you know, one of the things that makes it so difficult, I think for women is when they move to a new location, you know, like with their husbands or, you know, there there's reasons for that and their employment or whatever, it's trying to build up that community again. And getting those friendships, that makes it so hard. I mean, I can tell you, having moved to the Kansas City area myself, it has been very difficult to, outside my community group, you know, women friends that I've met, it's been very difficult to find connection, real connection with some of my sisters in Christ here, um, just because there's no continuity you know, and, and I mean, you almost like have to be part of a Bible study or something that would, you know, bring you together, you know, where you're actually openly sharing something, you know, collectively within, you know, the group that you have things in common because so many women, as I've seen, have jealousy toward other women or they want to compete with these women or, you know, they, they can't just be on the level with women, you know, sometimes or just be authentic, you know, it's like there, there's this barrier, this fear factor that, oh my gosh, if I show who I really am, you know, that's going to make me, you know, look 
this way or that way. I mean, that's one of the reasons I started Altered Story Show is because I really felt women and Christian women specifically needed to be able to be authentic and real in who they are. And there was a lot that I met in ministries that I worked that were struggling with getting close to another Christian woman because of all their wounds and everything. So, you know, not just, you know, minister to us a little bit there for, for those women that, you know, maybe are just trying to figure out how do I, how do I connect? I know that is a hard thing. I think as I'm so old, I'm 69. I think when you're young, it's easy. You have friends you meet at school or our church is different than most churches. You know, I, I don't know my church, but the thing is, we don't have usually that kind of fellowship. I usually lead women's ministry and I usually do table talk where people are at tables, you know, when they get to know people at the table, then they may not see them again to the next meeting. So I think it's it's really harder when you're older, but being younger, I'm glad I made my friends 30 years ago. I don't thank the Lord for my friends, but I'm saying it is, it is hard. Now, a lot of people like to make friends in the neighborhood, see, but they don't, I don't mind being friends with everybody and liking everyone. If they don't match with my walk with God. I can be like a high friend. Hi, how are you doing? You see what I'm saying? I can't be because I, if they're going the wrong way and I'm going, I'm trying for the narrow road to walk to the heart of God. I'm not going, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not a sinner. I try not to sin, but I don't want to walk where I'm going to be sinning more around them. So my friends are all, their eyes are on Jesus. We actually have this. We have a little intercessor prayer chain every day. So everybody wakes up, they're all in their prayer chain. We say, we pray for this or that. I mean, it just evolves as you get close to how to pick the ones I did used to pray, to be honest. I'd say, Lord, you pick the friends you want for me. And then sometimes I'd have some random people. But when I got to Florida, to be honest, I love Florida. I didn't have that kind of relationship because a lot of them were just learning about the Bible. Well, if you've been in the Bible since 1970s, and someone's learning and they're trying to help teach you, which is great. I need to learn more. I'm saying every day. But I thought, Lord, these aren't people like my real sisters that I had that they know me since the time I had my my fourth child because I came in, you know, the dream I was having Amanda. I was so devastated, Michelle, because I thought this is a piece of cake. I was a stewardess. I mean, I, I was those Eleanor met up. But it meant, uh, everyone likes her. She makes uh, people everywhere she goes. I mean, you know, it's literally, I'm a friendly person. I'd always host a luncheon if someone's new. And I was a new guy. Guess who hosts the luncheon? No one. <laughs> you know, so it's like, oh, Lord. So it was really upset. I would say, going away from my domain and what I'm used to was such a lonely time. And I did not recognize it. But you have to find your spot. I'm sorry, I'm going to cry because it was very lonely. You find your spot. And then if you leave, go back. There's no shame to go back. There's no shame to go back and go, where was God with all this love? Because God's in the people. And if they're not in the people, you can, I'm not that they weren't in the people. Before, they probably had really close friends. I wasn't among them. Because you can make their friends during the times they're having children. And then if you switch places, they almost always have their friends, you know? So I don't know the answer. I just know I pray and ask God, but then I had to come back, to be honest, because everyone I met that I, I thought they were really nice, I was looking for people with depths in the spirit. You said saying, we said that we're not going to just go, I send, I'll just go and ask the Lord for this. Not like those kind of, that kind of friend. I need someone to say, I'm sorry, Lord. Because God is not, he's a holy God. He wants a holy people. He doesn't want any mask on our face at all. He wants to feel they're going to pray us through the hard times. And during the joy times, they're not going to be jealous. They're going to go, I'm so glad. 
that you're God's blessing you. I have friends we pray through such hard things, knowing that when God works out for the good, I can't even share what it is. He's going to have such a great blessing for this one sister because she's going through things that I've seen no man go through. You see what I'm saying? Because no one knows the other guy's heart. You don't. You may be sudden. They be smiling and mean, hey, you don't know what's hurting inside them. You will never know unless you get to know them. But I caution you again: you can't be there for every friend. I carry a lot of crosses in my life. I do a lot. But I don't share the cross with anybody. Sometimes I share them, they go, they don't even believe it. <laughs> I don't put on mask to be fake. I put on mask to, some people would say, why would God allow that? <laughs> why would he give you that cross? Because you want to go close to him. And it says, it is, it's in the, in the suffering. It says, a friend is a friend at all time. It's an adversity that you become a sister. So the things that are hard in your life, you go through Cry if you have to, but cry with the women that are going to understand. And laugh out loud and share your joy. You can test friends. I don't think it's the wrong thing. I'm sorry, I test friends a lot. If they share your confidence, number one, I wouldn't call that, call that uh, intimate sister in Christ. If they judge you because you're doing something, no, you got to go, okay, do I want to be judged? If you, get, if you grow that, though, if you can overcome that, like say, I think you're judging me. I used to confront it. <laughs> I think you're confronting me. And then if you if you can walk through the hard things together, you become sisters. If you don't walk through the fun things, then when you're hard, it's going to be too hard to keep on keeping on. Unless you've known 30 years. <laughs> and we've had our own struggles as sisters, but not like you would with people that don't know Christ. So I'm starting to cry because to me, loneliness, I never thought I would ever be lonely. I also did. I go, I am not going to be lonely. Lord. I'm going to find out Christ in them. You see? Without Christ in the sisterhood, we would have been just a beach trip. You know, like it's called Four for the Mountain Town. We used to go to the beach. We'd just be a beach trip. And that's why I share in the Bible study. You can get three friends to go to the beach with and have a ton of fun. You can have the time of your life. You can drink a margarita if you want to. But to have a relationship, we go away just to seek the face of God. It is a different kind of sisterhood. And it only comes through the suffering of Trump to work with four ladies that have multiple children. I have eight, one is six, one is four, one is four, and try to arrange your schedule to make that weekend away. What a glorious time to know that you've been friends 30 years and that you have gone closer to God because of it. I, I talk a lot, Michelle, you know that. I talk for a living. No one pays me. <laughs> I talk for a living because I want to tell the world, God loves you. He doesn't want those things for you that don't make sense in the word. He says, I'm coming to give you life and life in abundance. If your world's not right now, life for them, then, it's, then you ask the Lord, could you provide a listening ear? Or could you provide a Barnabas who is encouraging? I'm a Barnabas, so I'm the one that people call for the encouragement. I say, wow, your hair looks nice. I'm like, right, like that. But you call upon the person. Now, if you want to grow in Christ, though, and you think that you're off on something, you ask the Lord to send you someone that will kindly instruct you in the way of the Lord. All are important. All the body of Christ are important. And each one brings their own gift. You got to hunt for it sometimes. <laughs> but my sisterhood in Christ is has been a, a, like an encouragement in my life at times. One sister was one that said, you know, walk through a whole lot of dog poop to get to the other side. And that's not lonely. And the thing is, God has brought just great graces out of it. I never say, well, I don't understand loneliness. <laughs> you know, so I don't understand. I don't understand why so many people are sleeping. And I keep saying the body of Christ cries up. It's time to live for him. So I don't know. But I, I know that there's struggles. And I know this. There's, there's good times here.
So it's a workout. I'm in a season where he's he's working out to go in our home church where we started out. We're in our home home um, town where we did most of our marriage and raised our kids. And God has brought restoration. You know, I had tears because I I think that you have to sometimes look at your life and go, what is God saying through this? You know, somebody says somebody says tough it out. He does. And somebody goes like. Okay, you're lonely. You be the one to host lunch and or not. But you know, I learned a lot of through each lesson that I've taken through anorexia and then through postpartum depression. I went through my little kids and through 10 car crashes and living in pain. I've learned a lot about how suffering changes you always. It doesn't change you to be like you meet someone there, they're lonely, go too bad for you. You want to be the person that reaches out. When you suffer, then you want to be the person that goes to someone. By the way, are you hurting? Can I pray for you? Can I bring a meal? You want to be the one. You don't want to go like, what did they do? <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of people. What, what are they doing for me? You don't want to be that person. You want to be the person that goes, man, I was lonely once. And then I realized I had to find people that's not just enough to have Christ. And you do have Christ every day in prayer. But you have to find people who will be the arms of Christ to you with skin on when you don't aren't hearing from God or may when you're, your prayers feel like they fell off the ground. People need people, and we need Jesus, and we need his people to be whole inside. That's where you get wholeness, is to study the word, sisterhood, and marriage, strong marriages. There's so many ways, but if one piece of the puzzle is empty right now, ask the Lord what He what you can do. Because we it's a, it's a book you pray, and then you have to do whatever he says. You can't just pray. My sister prayed a really long time for something. It didn't happen. It should take another, should take another route. And then God restored her whole life. I always call her the sister who um, the Lord restored the years the locusts ate. You see what I'm saying? So that is kind of a journey we took. And I'm so glad because it was not be my lifeline. You know what I'm saying? I had already written the book before I went to Florida. I hadn't finished it. I had already written it. And I said, that is my lifeline. You can make a lot of friends, but there's nothing like a sister that loves Jesus and loves you because Christ in you is your hope for glory. Yes. Now, your book, Four for the Mountaintop, you, it's a Bible study too, Ellen? Is that right? It is a Bible study because my son Tyler said, Mom, the book is too little. <laughs> my son Tyler is a writer. He's 48. You know, my husband's been 47. And we're 48 years married because he's my honeymoon souvenir. But he said, you know, you should put something in the back of the book on how you can take eight climbs to the Bible. I'm trying to about eight climbs to the Bible on how this is scripturally sound. The book, you see, what I'm saying how they get the group. So the book in the back is really, to be honest, the, as the talent. That's like the meat of the book because before that, I'm telling my story with Jesus and then our story together. And then I tell scripture and and bring it around too, just like I did with my, well, mom, because I feel like. It gives powers in his questions, and then they, they could do it as a study in a group, or they could do it just with the four sisters. And it, it, that's the most powerful part of the book. I want to give the Lord glory because when you put the scripture, there's scriptures throughout the book. And there's my poems I've written that are Christian poems. There's lots of books. I'm not really not trying to sell book. I feel bad. So I really didn't want that intention. I just thought that was my message was that loneliness stinks. <laughs> loneliness does stink. And it you have to. You can't trust every friend. You can't know, like, will you be my friend? Because I'm really lonely. You got to know who you trust. Those are messages to me. I don't know. But you ask questions. I really don't know the angle we're going, but I know that God has a message for someone. I know that someone out there is crying in their soup. They're going, bring me a friend, Lord, or let me know 
my gifts. We call, we have called up the gifts in each other. Michelle, I know you and your friends have too. Because when you're you're doing retreat and you're there for the weekend, I mean, we have one sister, Debbie. I remember when she was, we were just all young in our 20s. And I said, Debbie, I think you have a, a gift of mentoring women. And we all had written each other's gifts on papers. I always have a leading, like, why don't we do this, this retreat? And so we had the, the gift. And, you know, since then, now that was many years ago, she's a spiritual director, which means that she counsels women and men in the air walk of close with Christ. And she's also um, going through another course and she's learning so much. And then one friend, has been like I said been restored like the years of locust ate an area in her life and we feel great fruit in that and then um she actually was working with young women at a care pricing center now she's doing something with um evangelizing and then the other we all the other sister is um she is a person that has so many gifts she hasn't narrowed in yet on what she is going to do for her gift down in florida because she just moved to florida but she is really good with listening to old people now that's not my gift at all as we know and that would be what she does she tries to bring and she's going to live near her grandkids so she'll do something with that too maybe for now and you know your gifts evolve and if no one ever says you know wow I see a gift of listening ear in you. That was Debbie has a listening ear. Then they're not. They're going to be able to call that person, knowing that her ear is listening when they need it. And then someone's cheering up. They can call me or Anna. But I'm saying everyone has a different gift, and that's what we discovered too. And then then we all branched out. There was a time, Michelle, when we all lived in different states. Like I lived in Florida, and Anne lived in Atlanta, I think, and then. Debbie's was in some South Carolina, I guess, for a while, and Pat now is in South Carolina. Debbie's in Augusta, and it's a creative thing to get four women together. And so we have tried to keep the group alive. And then I wrote the book, and we'll see what God does. But it's the book was written to this reason. I was at the beach, and I was finishing the book, the first part of the book. And I, I heard the, I called for prayer. Right, and I go, who could I call that doesn't talk long? I'll call Debbie. And I said, after we prayed, it was very short prayer because I'm on the beach, right? I'm trying to write a book. And I heard the Lord say, the reason you were born, the reason you came into being is to testify the truth. And, and so that through the book, I try to tell what God is saying. And I hope, I hope people are blessed by this tape from Michelle does a great job. And I hope they're blessed. I more importantly, I hope they know that when you're, you can always bring your heart to Jesus. If you don't have someone to you could bring a broken heart. You could bring a sinful heart. You could bring a, you could bring a grumpy heart. <laughs> you could bring like a bratty heart. You could, God knows your heart. You cannot fake fast on with Jesus. You never can. But with Christ alone, he gives you trusted people, either a counselor, a mentor, to, to say, unveil your heart one step at a time. And then you feel like he, he fills it with more of his love. We can never fill it with love when you say, God, I don't have problems. Look at that person. <laughs> I don't have anything wrong with me. It's probably them. or It's their fault. And we can never get healed. But I have to daily say to myself, Lord, what should I have done differently? What should I, you know, that is a, that's a growth because I thought I was trying, when you try to, you, when you, people don't know that he knows everything, that someone gets scared. I don't know. Thank God, you know, everything. I can talk to you about anything going So you start with God in prayer. You have to go to him, like a little child and say, here I am. I'm empty. Feel me. I'm tired. <laughs> but you know what? He will. That's the thing. But it may take one step at a time. Every day I listen here to say, where do I go? And what do I do? And then you have to actually do it or go there. <laughs> but you stay. Sometimes your, sometimes your season is up in one place. You move to the next. And that's a shame. 
just try what we think God's saying and try to be as obedient as you can. And the graces will be so great. You will look back on your past sins or past suffering and say, whoa, I see why that happened that way, Lord. I still understand. You may not understand during the trial. Do you think? I don't think you would during the trial, but afterwards you go, wow, <laughs> what a great God. What a great God we have. Raise his faithfulness and we sing his praises every day. Well, guess what? We're at the end of our conversation, Miss Ellen, but it has been a wild ride and it has been a blessing to hear kind of your story and where God has taken you and how he is working now in your life. And um, why don't you share with the listeners too how they can do you have new contact info to get a hold of you? I mean, we are going to have this episode recorded. We're going to have it up on uh, an episode page. We'll have the link to your former episode and everything, but any new updates around your contact info? I would say that I now have a website. I don't know if I had it before, but I do have www.ellenmongan.com, but I am terrible at admit my faults. I'm bad at computers. So I'm, I'm 88,000 behind an email, but you can email me anytime at um, wowellen at yahoo.com. Wowellen, E-L-O-E-N, at yahoo.com. And I'll try to eventually... <laughs> people call me and they say, you don't want to ask the phone. I'm in a heavy writing season, to be honest. I'm doing a lot of writing and that's how I got the three books, the finish line. And I that's what I spent a lot of time doing, but I'm always willing to, um, to hear from you. I mean, they could even call me. I don't care. 706 833-3529. I'm listening here and I try to hear the Lord, but I do talk a lot. So I'm going to warn you that first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So shall we shall we say a prayer? Um, Ellen, do you want to maybe say a prayer to all the for all those that may be listening? Um, I think ble- just a prayer of blessing where the Lord leads you for maybe any women out there or men or even those that are struggling, you know, would you, would you want to say a prayer? Okay. Father, I thank you for this day, the day the Lord has made, and we want to rejoice in our sufferings, our, our trials and our triumphs today. And I just thank you, Lord, for each person listening. I just ask that you bless them that each person would take home a little piece of a treasure and try to store it in their heart for when they need it. Everyone's going to hear a different message for which the Lord had ordained just for them to receive and be blessed with. And I pray for friends, friends that are are faithful to God and faithful to each other. I pray for loneliness, lonely people to find that true friend that, that is centered on God alone. And I pray for many, many people to just keep their ears open to listen and their mouths open to praise and get to know more and more of Jesus each day, because without which we can do nothing. And I thank you, Lord, for this tape and for Michelle, a blessing upon our ministry. And thank you again, Lord, for letting me have this opportunity to share about you, because in God alone, I place my trust as my little tagline. In God alone, without him, I have nothing. I love pretty much to nothing. That's okay, though. So, Amen, Ellen. Well, thank you. So thanks again for taking your time and sharing your God story part two with my listeners. And I just know God's going to use your words and it's going to bless many, Ellen. And friends, we will have this episode available to listen to on our website, www.alteredstories.org. And until the next show, friends, be heard and be healed. Hi, friends. 
What if we all gave on one day? We can. On November 29th, 2022, our community will come together for 24 hours of unprecedented giving to support the God-glorifying, evangelistic storytelling work of Altered Stories Ministry through Giving Tuesday. Altered Stories Ministry is dedicated to bringing the hope and healing of Jesus Christ to hurting and broken women around the world through this transformational God stories we share on our podcast platform. Hashtag be heard, hashtag be healed. You can help us raise awareness and funds to further our mission by making a donation online on November 29th, 2022 on our website at www.alteredstories.org and follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thank you for your gift. God bless. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org. 